Welcome to Metro 30, the Metro Monthly's weekly conversation with the community. The Dana School of Music is celebrating its 150th anniversary this year. Founded in 1869 in downtown Warren, Ohio, the school is not only one of the oldest of its kind in the country, but it's also produced many distinguished alumni. I'm your host, Zion Addison, and today, Dana School of Music Director, Dr. Randall Goldberg, joins us in the studio. We're going to discuss the music school's upcoming concert gala at the Stamba Auditorium, Dr. Goldberg's role as the school's director, and much more. Hello, Dr. Goldberg. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. 150 years is um, quite an achievement for the Dana School of Music. Tell us a little more about the gala concert at Stamball Auditorium. What should we expect? Will there be any distinguished alumni returning for the performance? Well, the, we've been having several events during the year. We've had alumni come. So we had an alumni marching band. We had, a, we had an alumni lecture series. We had an alumni jazz concert in September. The concert next week actually doesn't feature alumni so much as it does feature um, current students okay. and uh, current faculty. So the, the concert is going to take place, as you said, at Stambaugh Auditorium mm-hmm. on Wednesday at 7.30. And uh, we wanted to find a way to feature different aspects of the school, especially commenting on the, the past, the present, and the future. Okay. So in terms of the past, uh, the concert band is going to play a piece, March Grandioso, by Roland Seitz. He was a graduate of Dana's Musical Institute in 1898. Okay. And this piece will sound like, you know, an old march from, you know, back in the day. It's, it's a, actually a, still used as a fight song at the University of Texas, Texas Tech University, and the University of Nebraska. So it's been played at every home game, every home football game at these schools for years. It's, it's, it's too bad he's not getting royalties wow. for this. It's a really a prolific piece of music. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. Now, for those not familiar, what are the musical programs of the Dana School of Music? We offer a set of bachelor's of music programs, we call it BM programs, and uh, the distinction of, we say bachelor of music as opposed mm-hmm. to bachelor of arts or bachelor's of science, you're really just talking about the, the intensity of the music content. So these are programs that have a very high um, uh, amount of music coursework. So we have a BM in performance, which includes you know, core classes in music theory, musicianship, music history. Mm-hmm. Um, but also um, lots of applied study, private lessons, preparation for recitals, ensembles. There's also you can also take like a BA in performance, a Bachelor of Arts, which is a little more of a liberal arts style degree, where okay. you take some of these courses. We still do the core curriculum, but less emphasis on performance and includes a minor and more um, liberal arts classes. We also have a BM in composition. Just similar to the performance degree, but the mm-hmm. you know the end product as opposed to a recital of performance as a recital of your own creative works. Our um, largest program is our bachelor's in music education, okay. which um, we've been training music teachers in the area for decades. And uh, you know, if you go to one of the high schools or the middle schools in the area, you're mm-hmm. probably if you're in band or chorus, you're probably know one of our alum. Wow. Now, um, as far as um the requirements for getting into the program. Do students, prospective students, do they have to audition? Yes, we have three audition dates a year. Okay. And students sign up for these auditions online. They uh, tell us what their primary and if they have on a secondary instrument. We create uh, you know schedules for auditions for the different instruments. So all the 
brass players, trumpets, trombones, tubas would all audition together. All the string players auditioned together. And um, yeah, the audition in, in the current way the school works, that's sort of the gate way to get into the school. Though there's two that you have to obviously get accepted to the university, but then you also have to successfully pass an audition. Okay. Now, um, sort of along with that, do the programs at Dana typically attract already talented students coming out of high school, for example, or like maybe they're, I don't know, maybe you guys have some prodigies down at Dana School of Music or Mm. is sort of like the talent cultivated once somebody enters the program? I think it happens both ways. Typically, college music programs require more study of their entrance than maybe other programs. I think, I don't want to... um, you know, speak wrongly about any other programs, but there's a lot of, you know, programs you can go into college. Like say, if you want to go into accounting, mm-hmm. you don't have to have studied accounting to go into a school of accounting. Yeah, you can get in yeah. fine. You know, we have an audition. So we expect students coming in to already have some experience in music. And it, it really varies. The, the, the audition um, also helps us see where you're at. So when mm-hmm. we, when you get in where we can place you and what degree programs we think we would advise you to take. But, you know, it, it varies because some of our students come in, they're, they're in the all-state bands or they're already producing their own music. Okay. Other students um, who might be interested in, you know, music recording or something may have um, spent a lot of time, you know, working on their laptops and, and recording music and doing mm-hmm. things like that, but maybe not have as much um, applied study on an instrument. So it varies. But um, typically in music schools, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to start at 18. Oh, to, to, okay. Yeah. I see. What would you, as far as like maybe students have you spoken to, what would you say is maybe like the average or the median age Dana School of Music students start picking up an instrument? I'm not sure. I think, you know, a lot of kids, you know, I think start whenever their school has a, you know, gets them into band or okay. gets them into choir. I think there's a, a lot of students start. For students who play guitar and drums, things like that, it's, you know, when they can get their hands on an instrument. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a lot of vocalists who come to our school and... You know, a lot of people sing their whole lives. They sing since birth and, you know, they're used to performing music. They may grow up in, you know, in churches where they perform a lot of music. And yeah. so they have a lot of experience performing, even if they don't have a lot of maybe, um, you know, specific applied study with a private teacher. They may already have a voice that's very developed. Okay. Now, I know you, earlier you did mention um, you have there's a lot of students in the music education program. Now, outside of that, f- from someone who maybe trying to go traditionally into like teaching or uh, becoming a music teacher. How have your students applied their music education in their careers and what type of careers can they have? The typical route, if you go through a bachelor's in music education, is to, you know, go through our coursework and then you have to go through, you know, the requirements of the state of Ohio. So you do student teaching and you pass these standardized exams that, so the state says that you're licensed to teach. If you have those, you can go get a teaching job anywhere in Ohio and a lot of that stuff is reciprocal for other states, so you may have to do other, you know, jump through other hoops to get certified. But of course, that's not the only music teaching. So we had students who may get a bachelor's in music education, then mm-hmm. they might go, you know, teach, open up a private studio or something like that, or they may decide to get a, you know, a master's in composition. Um, but having, you know, a very rigorous training in education and pedagogy and all these things. The music ed degree is really, I can't, Again, speak too much for other colleges. It may be the most rigorous degree on the on the whole university campus. Oh, it's, wow. it's it's incredible because it incorp involves so much music training plus all the requirements of an education degree, which part of that is um, 
controlled by the state of Ohio. So it's it's an amazing you know ex- experience for students to go through it because it's mm-hmm. I think people. Th- uh, Sometimes I think, well, music ed—that's probably kind of an easy way to get through college. Uh, it really isn't. It's a great mm-hmm. degree because it, it really trains professional musicians and professional teachers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when when it comes to the music music education, would somebody come into a program saying, "Oh, I, ju- I, I want to be a choir teacher. I want to be a band teacher, orchestra teacher." Or is it sort of like um, overall anything they can teach? The market dictates really that you have to be able to do both. Okay. It used to be schools. I think would hire a a band director and they would hire a choir director and most people would go into either instrumental music education or instrumental vocal education. It still happens because most singers, their, their curriculum's a little different than the instrumentalists. So when they're going through a music ed program, they'll be spending a lot more time in choirs than they will be playing in bands. Mm-hmm. But in reality, I think it's important for students to be able to do both. I okay. think we, you know, a lot of schools now, um, well, if, for their music programs, we're, we're, they're going to want someone who can do both. Um, you know, there's probably many places where it's still – you can still probably just teach instrumental mm-hmm. instrumental music or vocal music. But I, I don't know how common that is now. Okay. Now, could you tell us about some notable Dana alumni? Sure. Um, there's many. That's been part of the fun of, you know, going through all these archives and going through the history of the school and seeing the different ways in which we've really had an impact on the music industry. Uh, a few names, you know, listeners will probably know are Sean Jones from Warren, trumpeter, who – went through our program. We had a bachelor's in music and okay. then um, had a great career in um, the jazz world. He's now the uh, director of jazz studies at the Peabody Institute. Um, Bob DePiro went to Dana School of Music and went to Nashville. And he's a, mostly known as a songwriter. He's um, songs. He's had 15 number one songs oh, wow. on the charts. He's part of the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame. He actually has a concert coming up in Youngstown on May 3rd, I believe, okay. at Dior. So... Um, Gary Lehman, another great um, alum, alumnus. He was a tenor singer here. He went on to um, sing at the Metropolitan Opera. Okay. Uh, had a great career in opera, and he lives back in the area. And we're very lucky because he comes and he helps coach our okay. students. Nice. Um, Amanda Beagle is another vocalist here. Has had a great career. She's a former uh, Miss Ohio. Um, we've had students playing that have gone on to play in a lot of. Um, Great bands like the Ohio Players, um, oh, wow. Blood, Sweat, and Tears, um, and some of the, the great local music is created by our alums. There's a, a band in the area, the Vindies, oh, okay, who yeah. are an excellent yeah. rock band, and two of those students have gone to Dana. A lot of our students, you know, have great careers in music. You may not hear about them because they're you know they're music teachers. Oh yeah, um, but um, they go out and they, they have great programs, and they earn lots of distinction in their states. And I think that's. It doesn't sound maybe as, as glamorous as, as oh. some of our other you know alums who have had you know Grammy awards, but they they have great careers, and that's you know we're proud of them just as much as yeah, any course. others. Now, um, when you first joined the faculty, were you aware of the school's storied history, or was that something that you sort of learned about as the years went by? I learned about it. It's you know where where I come from, Chicago. I think you know, and I think a lot of musicians know the name of the school, but. Um, I think if we're not from the area, you may not know that it's been around as long as Boston Conservatory or New England Conservatory or Oberlin Conservatory, some of these places. That okay. that really surprised me because I knew of this school because I had colleagues who who taught here and I knew um, people who – musicians in the area who would play with the Youngstown Symphony and oh, okay. wow. who, who I knew from – who lived in Cleveland. But I, I had no idea of the history. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, it's, when you go through the route of, say, getting a degree in musicology, which I did, and you're starting to write your dissertation, you're getting your finished, you're, you're trying to find a job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, our field, you know, it's, it's not like I'm, I'm looking at a bunch of music schools saying I want to teach at that one. And uh, I got really lucky in the spring of 2009 when there was a position here that actually was very tailored to exactly what I do, oh, wow. which is to, I was studying Renaissance music at the time. And you know, to have a position where we need someone who teaches early music history. And I've thought, wow, this is great. This is perfect. That's what drew me here. Okay. Um, so, of course, over the time, then you come here and, and you realize when you meet people in the city and you say, oh, I teach at the Danish School of Music. And they're like, you know, their eyes open. Like, oh, oh wow. that's an amazing place. I'm like, wow, people here really like the music school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, you mentioned being from um, Chicago. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Like, what's your background and uh, where and what did you study? Sure. I grew up um, outside of Chicago. Um, played a lot of you know guitar and rock bands as a kid. I really, growing up, I was obsessed with music. I didn't know I would make a career of it. It wasn't until I got into college and I, I went to the University of Texas, where my my sister had gone to school, mm-hmm. and I thought it was going to be I was going to go there and get a great education and go back and be an accountant. And I just <laughs> found that it was it was it was worse than than I thought because when you were to university and you see all this stuff going on yeah. and all of a sudden, wow, there's this whole library here that's just for the fine arts and uh-huh. they have so many thousands of CDs and records and you just you get absorbed out. And I said, you know what, I could really, I could, I could do great things if I could uh-huh. just get into this program. And so I switched into music and I became a classical guitarist and I worked at that. I received a bachelor's degree in guitar performance. I went on to, to do a master's degree in that in at a conservatory out East. And, um, then I was working and, and performing for a few years out of school. And um, it was actually, this is kind of a strange story. It was actually yeah. 9-11 that got me back deciding I wanted to go teach music again. I, would oh, wow. ha- I was working um, in insurance and in um, trading. Oh, wow. <laughs> and um, it was after that event and, and, and thinking about my life and what I want to do, I said, yeah. you know what, what really always got me fired up and wanting to help the world and serve it was being involved in music. So I went back to school and got a PhD in musicology. And wow. <laughs> that's how I got, you know, the job here. So it's really kind of, you don't really know where life's going to take. You yeah. don't know what events are going to shape it. But yeah. uh, it had a really proud, a profound effect to get me to focus on the things that are you know, really important. Wow, that really is an interesting story. Um, what does your role now at um, Dayton School of Music involve? So I, I was hired here to teach music history, and um, after my seventh year, I um, we, we had elections for director. Okay. I um, became director, and you know, when you become director of a program, it's, it's very very different from teaching. You're teaching. Okay. You're you know you're working with students. You're working on your research, and now you know as director, you you're all sitting overseeing everything, and you. Whereas I used to care about what was going on in terms of music history and how that related to school. Now I, I look over everything. So um, helping us make sure we have all the classes staffed, okay. creating a schedule that works, um, helping with incru- recruitment, enrollment, retention. Um, we have uh, 120 events we put on every year. So my okay. office is always very busy um, scheduling with venues, contracts with um, all the places we perform, like Stamp Auditorium, and okay. the Performing Arts Center. Um, the, the, it, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, music schools keep very busy, and we just have a lot going on. It's 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 not boring. I can tell you that. Would you ever think consider going back to teaching? Is that something you'd be interested in doing? Or? 
Yeah, possibly. Okay. I, I do miss it. This is the first semester where um, I'm not teaching at all. Oh. And um, usually I, I teach some classes while I'm also doing the administration, and, and it's it, it, I do miss it. But um, there's, a lot to, there's a lot of work to get done. So, Who would you say are some of the musical peers of the Danish School of Music in the United States? Musical peers. As far like as similar um, schools? Yeah. Um, the type of school we have, it's, it's you know, when we think of it as kind of a, you know, a music school at a regional university, there's a lot of schools like this because most, you know, states are set up where they have a big flagship school, like mm-hmm. something like Ohio State, and they have a lot of state schools. And Dana is, is similar to a lot of those institutions. I think, you know, what really sets us apart is, of course, our history. We've been along for 150 years. It's not true of most of those schools. The, all the other schools that have been around that long are um, big conservatory programs okay. like Oberlin, Peabody, uh, Boston Conservatory. So our school, that, what, that's the first thing that sets us apart. Secondly, because of the nature of the school and how it developed, especially once it became part of Youngstown College in the 1940s, it put a great emphasis on full-time faculty who would live in the area okay. and be part of Youngstown. So over the 60s and 70s, they built up a very large faculty for a, a regional um, college-type music school. And I think that's what really helped this performance program flourish for a long time that we had dedicated, world-class, full-time faculty at, you know, p- teaching all the instruments. <clears throat> in, in addition to, you know, academics like me would come and do the history classes and the music theory and the music ed courses. So we're, we're similar in size to a lot of these, you know, kind of regional schools, yeah. but um, there's a certain kind of di- dynamic about us that makes us, gives us a little more rigor, a little more intensity. And what is it about, like, what else is it about the Danish School of Music? Do you think that has allowed it to maintain such a robust level of programs? There's, they've had a lot of help along the way, you know, from the city. We have a great relationship with the town, and I think, you know, when I look at when I read through the history and you see the ups and downs of the school, you know the the school had a very clear focus from its founder, f- from William Henry Dana, about training these you know complete musicians and training people who could go out and, and be prepared and not be too bookish and not be too mm-hmm. sloppy, but go out and be you know professional musicians. And from that focus over the years, the, the school's been able to adapt to the changes and you know what's expected from. You know, performers and musicians in, you know, either in classical music or popular music, or in, uh, we have a lot of alum who go and play in military bands, and so we've been able to always kind of find ways to, you know, produce students and make sure they're prepared to go out and perform. Um, Trying to go back, remember back what the, the question was. Oh, just about, you know, just like general things. Maybe there's like a special quality about Danish School of Music or something that just makes well, sense. Yeah, yeah, that was all about the community, right? So, um, you know, when, when the, the school went through a really rough period in the 1930s when all, there were state guidelines to what, you know, a music ed degree had to be and what mm-hmm. types of faculty you had, you had to have, you know, the school joined the college and, you know, built up this faculty to do that. Um, that's one of the things that helped, you know, keep the school going ahead. I think also there's a, a really rich cultural tradition in Youngstown and in this valley in general that um, it's always sort of worked well with the, you know, the music we offer here. And, um, you know, we, we see it at our concerts and events. We have a good following. And um, 
I think we're what I, so people call sort of an anchor in the region oh, yeah. as far as that. the university does that, but mm-hmm. the music school too. We just have a really good relation with all the arts organizations, uh, mostly through our faculty. Our faculty are out. They conduct youth orchestras, youth choirs, um, youth orchestras, youth bands. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, our alumni, alumni teach in the area. So we feel like we're, we're you know, a part of this place. Yeah. In recent years, has there, is there a sort of a balance between the interest of students coming into these programs um, between like classical and contemporary, or does it lean towards one side or the other? Yeah, no, it's definitely leaning more towards contemporary oh, music okay. now. And, um, you know, when we see that a lot, the, the music recording program, a lot of students come in now. It's kind of interesting that, you know, we, we when the music recording program was designed, it was designed to be sort of part of a, a performance program. And yet now we see a lot of students come in and say, well, I'm a I'm a producer. I don't need all that music stuff. Teach me how to produce. Yeah. So that's that's one thing. That's kind of the challenges we have as a music school. So how do we serve students who are not going to, you know, work towards a senior recital on trumpet? They want to, you know, focus on that. Um, we also we've been collaborating a lot this year with the Department of Music Theater, which is actually the the music theater program that's in the Department of Theater and Dance at YSU. We've done uh, two shows with them this year, including Into the Woods, which is. Um, going to be performed Friday and Saturday of Sunday of this week at um, Ford Recital Hall, Bliss okay. Hall, if I can make that plug. It's an amazing show. And, you know, I, I think that's part of how we're trying to, you know, serve students because a lot of vocalists coming in now, some of them want to learn classical voice and, and work towards that. Others, mm-hmm. you know, they've grown up now for years watching, um, you know, Broadway and Disney shows and, you know, uh, American Idol and things like that, yeah. and, and they want to have a different type of singing. So, you know, we're trying to find ways to serve everyone because I think there's musical talent shows up in so many different ways, and we want to um, be able to serve them, help them, you know, find careers. Absolutely. That's great. Uh, thank you, Dr. Goldberg, for joining us today, and congratulations on your anniversary. Thanks for having me. For those of you just joining the program, YSU's Dana School of Music will host its 150th anniversary gala concert at 7.30 p.m. on Wednesday, April 24th at Stanbaugh Auditorium. Admission will be free for students with a valid student ID, um, and all guests will receive a Dana 150th memento. For ticket information... Concert will be at Stambo Auditorium, Wednesday, April 24th. Tickets are $11 for adults, $6 for senior citizens and students, and free for anyone with a valid YSU ID. You can get tickets at www.stambaughauditorium.com or by calling 330-259-0555 or at the door. Metro 30 is produced in collaboration with the Youngstown Radio Reading Service. Visit metromonthly.net for news, features, and the Valley's most complete calendar of events. And be sure to subscribe to the Metro 30 podcast.